There we go. It's a Friday, a few minutes past 9am, right here on cliffcentral.com. Thank you so much for having us on. My name is Sia Sangwenifin, and this is Untapped Talents. I feel good. We feel excited. You know, you can almost smell the weekend. It's one of those things. So we're going to have a good day. It's granted going to be a good day. And let me just tell you, between my credibility, I think you made the good choice by having untapped talent on, right? Let's get the day started. So I'm very, very excited to get to talk to my two lovely ladies who will be joining me in studio as we get the discussion going. Um, this week, I'll be chatting to young designers. Now, it was actually a few weeks ago when I attended this fashion show, and I really thought thought, okay, let's try and do something out of your realm and let's see how it goes. Will you be interested or not? Um, I heard about it, uh, went there. I was like, what do you even do at a fashion show? Because like people say you sit in the front row. I'm like, I'm not about to sit at the front row because I don't know what to do. Sat there and saw, saw a lot of people taking pictures. I was like, maybe I should do that. That seems like a smart thing to do is taking pictures of a lot of things. But the more it actually happened wasn't necessarily a fluffy try to act fake and try to look, clap here and there, but it was rather, rather interesting based on the fact that it was actually more about the process of the behind the scenes of the actual fashion show, given that it was young designers who were paired up with established designers, which I thought was very, very cool um, and really fit in with the show. And that is why we are chatting to these young designers today. So if you feel like you want to add on to the conversation conversation there we go in any way shape or form you can send us a message on our wechat official account um cliff central just tap connect and message to to show otherwise you can always tweet us at cliff central com are we ready are ready to get this started are we ready to have a good day i'll take that as yes this is (laughs) untapped talent on cliffcentral.com there you go. So my very first guest is in studio. She had quite a bumpy morning and a half. Good morning, Cleo. How are you? Um, I'm okay. I'm okay. How are you? Are we going to talk about the morning? Let's talk about the morning. Let's get it out there. So how did your morning start off? <laughs> I started off with an ice-coated car. Uh-huh. And then moved on to a broken-down car. That's all of the best. The busiest road in Johannesburg. But silver lining, where are you sitting now? And what are you about to talk about? <laughs> about being a young designer. And isn't that inspiring and enthusiastic? Very inspiring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get her sounding excited too, but she did say, I don't know, you know, I just have to say it. See, a lot of people say I sound stoned. No, you do not sound stoned. It's fine. We're going to make it through. So um, I just think let's get you all excited. So this is the thing. Clea is a young designer, but also uh, very surprising as well. She's also did some modeling back in her day as well, and she still does. So I think as a sort of icebreaker for the interview, um, we can always trust BuzzFeed, right, for credibility and for great source of inspiration. And so BuzzFeed has a quiz here <laughs> that simply is, which supermodel are you? Are you ready to take <laughs> this with me? I think Cleo will be the best way to get to know you. Okay, okay? sure. Great. Okay, so question number one. What's your best feature? Your eyes, your smize, your legs, your abs, your style, your boobs, your dimples, your eyebrows, or wait, I have to choose one. What do you have to choose? Oof. Um... 
Legs, I'd go for legs. Your legs, yeah. okay. So let's choose <laughs> legs there. Okay. I wish I could quit, dot, dot, dot. Smoking, losing my temper, spreading myself too thin, compulsive baking, cocaine, cocaine. <laughs> we'll move past that. Taking risque pictures, hooking up, speaking before thinking, or Instagram. Which one of these would you quit? Uh, losing my temper. <laughs> losing your temper, okay. In the traffic. Um, what clothing item makes you want to strut? So I'm a jeans and t-shirts kind of girl. I'm really into nice bras, bandage dress, a crop top never stop. As long as it's glamorous, some heels and I'm good to go. Leather, leather, leather. I wish I could live in a swimsuit or I actually look good in everything. <laughs> this is quite, yeah, it's quite, you have to be like particular about what you actually choose here. Um, I am, I am a jeans and t-shirts girl, but I do mix it up. For occasions, I guess. Mm-hmm. So heels will also make me feel good. Some but... heels and I'm good to go. Okay. okay. <laughs> so what food makes you cry tears of joy? Some Middle Eastern yum. Does nicotine count? <laughs> Cheeseburgers. Snacks my BFF has always. Meat. Um, excuse me, but is this organic? Are they serving <laughs> vodka, my mother's cooking, or blood from a virgin? Meat. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> meat, you like your meat. Okay. I like my meat. Um, okay. So pick a pre-game jam. Okay. So one of those songs to make you feel good. Okay. To put you in the right mindset. Miami by Will Smith. I think that's pretty like pre-our generation. <laughs> 22 by Taylor Swift. We found love by Rihanna. 212 by Azealia uh, Banks. Um, Niggas in Paris by Jay-Z and uh, Kanye West. I bet you look good on the dance floors by the Arctic Monkeys. Can't get you out of my head by Kylie Minogue. Teach me how to Dag it by Kelly Swag District or this other one by Michelle Teller, which I cannot pronounce because <laughs> it's very, it's very French. Um, I'll go for Bet You Look Good on the Dance Floor. Okay. Arctic Monkeys. I just realized that this is a very long quiz because I'm kind of <laughs> tired of it. Okay. So let's just choo- choose a hottie. Okay. Out of these uh, people, Orlando Bloom, uh, Drake, uh, this Adam Levine looking guy or Leo DiCaprio. Ah, Leo. Leo. Yeah. Even without an Oscar, he'll be your favorite. <laughs> you literally can't even deal with cyberbullies, unhealthy eating, or girls who can't hang. Uh, cyberbullies? Let's go cyberbullies. Okay. <laughs> um, pick your idea of heaven. A baseball match, a waterfall, or a meeting? Ugh. Waterfall. Okay. Yeah, I was about to say, you're really <laughs> on spoil for choice there. And how would you describe your style? Simple yet glam, rocker cool, and dark, or dark and sparkly? Simple yet glam. Simple yet glam. Okay. Now we have your results. Uh, you got, are you ready? I feel like, I feel like it needs something dramatic, like a little drum roll. Okay. You are <laughs> Giselle Bunchen. So, oh, yeah. you'd love to spend your days relaxing on the beach and you know hard work will put you one step forward that goal. Uh, so working out is one of your favorite hobbies and like a fine wine, you just get better and better with age. Ah, oh, sweet. Look at that. What's the best <laughs> thing to start off your interview with? Basically with compliments galore. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. So after I've introduced to, to you guys to her as Giselle Bunchen, her real name is actually Chloe, uh, Cleo. I, I don't know why. I just love calling Everyone. you. You <laughs> it will be one of those things. So, Claire, you're only 23 years old. You're a fashion design student. And look at what you've accomplished thus far. Modeling, fashion designing. Have you always just been that sort of a creative person? Um, Yeah, I've always been creative. I always liked drawing when I was young. But yeah. I was also very, very sporty in my high school days. Yeah. Years. <laughs> you went to St. Mary's, right? Yeah. In Waverley. Yeah. Uh-huh. I played a lot of tennis tournaments every weekend that sort of thing yeah 
but I was missing lots of school, so I had to kind of tone yeah, it down. Because I was about <laughs> to ask, how was Cleo in the classroom? Were you always like the girl who's looking outside of the w- window, daydreaming about your better days, working for Vogue magazine one day, <laughs> or were you really focused? Um, it depended on the lesson. Yeah. They were like, I was one of those girls, like, if it was a subject I liked, I was cool to work, listen, was really good at it. Yeah. But those other subjects, I was sort what of not What are those other there. subjects? Um, math. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I was pretty good at my chosen subjects, yeah. but maths was not one of them. <laughs> so at high school level or even younger, were you always interested in fashion? Was that one of your things? Um, not fashion specifically, but definitely things that were creative. Yeah. Yeah, so like, I mean, I had my dreams of being an artist when I was like 10. Like <laughs> canvas painting vibes? Yeah. Okay. Or like sculpture. But then, yeah, I also had my doctor dreams, which kind of faded. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, I think everybody goes through a doctor phase because I thought being a doctor was cool until I yeah. realized all the hard work that goes into it. So I was like, okay, next thing. Yeah. But were you always encouraged by your family and friends to yeah. pursue that as well? Yeah, I come from a very creative family, so they they always supported me 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Parents, what do they do? Um, My mom's a violinist, a Baroque violinist. Oh, you see. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And yeah, my dad's a film director. So. Wow. Yeah. Because I usually get like, what I am surprised with as I get into conversations with people on the show here is, you know, most of the people I chat to are creative people and they really do, you know, quote unquote, unconventional careers. Yeah. So how do you get a, a good support from your family who ideally would want you to be professor so-and-so or a doctor so-and-so? So when you have a violinist and a film director, <laughs> I mean, come on, you were only destined for such. How's it like growing up in a household like that? Um, it's amazing. I'm also, I'm the youngest of four kids, so big family, lots of support. Yeah. We all very close and get along well. So, I mean, it's amazing. I still, I'm backed by everyone. Yeah. 100%. So it's, it's good. So were you like given creative freedom as a child as well? Like what you did, what you did, if your heart was in it (laughs) and if you weren't feeling passionate, you just didn't do it? Uh, somewhat, yeah. I mean, in my trick, I did art. Okay. And I had like a complete block. I was just like, cause they, they sort of wanted, they knew exactly what they wanted from me. And I uh-huh. was like, no, I'm not going <laughs> to give you what you want. I am going to express so myself. I had like a little rebellious stage. Yeah. But no, I mean, I've always had a lot of freedom to do what I want. And my parents have always, Given me all the means and everything. So, yeah, yeah, it's been pretty easy to be creative. (laughs) Okay, I'm now going to try and understand because one of my sisters, you know, I also have, you know, older siblings and one of my sisters is a true, true artist. Like she went through a deep, deep artistic phase. Like at one point she was just wearing all black and quote unquote, she used to express herself in other ways. She used to like (laughs) lock herself in her bedroom with like just for drawings and like at one point I remember she used to always just constantly play Christina Aguilera's Beautiful <laughs> as inspira- inspiration. I don't understand that. What is your phase? When you look back at things now, like when was your deepest artistic phase? Deepest artistic phase? Yeah. Um, I can't say I've ever had one of those <laughs> okay. stages. So, so good thing is it wasn't ex- as extreme as my sister. No. Because I think that's I was, unhealthy. Yeah, I was always with friends or with other people. I'm never really on my own. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not one of those. So, how, how would you think your friends would describe Cleo? Uh, which friends? Oh, <laughs> um, people who really know you. Um, well, I'm quite shy, mm-hmm. but I have a bit of a shell. So, my friends who know me really know me. Yeah, because they've gotten through my shell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty easygoing. Just go with the flow. Quite chilled out. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like you're you're one of those people who doesn't feel the need to ha- be a person of a lot of words because you express yourself in different ways? Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, one of a few yeah. words. Yeah. <laughs> Note to self, make sure yeah. someone is a person of many words as they come in for an interview. Okay, so let's talk about Cleo uh, straight after school or like about to leave school. Uh, what, what were you going through? Cause I'm sure now it's a thing of as much as your parents, which is great that they were supporting you. Yeah. Society was telling you different things and trying to influence you in different ways. But how did you go about pursuing what was naturally your passion? Um, straight after school, I was quite unsure of what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, all of my friends went to UCT. That was like the thing to do. Oh yeah. Going I, to I still a private have a, school. Yeah. <laughs> I still have a squad of UCT friends yeah. as well. So I was sort of like left, the only one left in Joburg. Um, and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I was, I went to do a BA at Wits, did Philosophy, psychology, sociology, and oh, Spanish. Oh, wow. And Spanish. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I was going to try and throw in some Spanish, then I realized. <laughs> Uno. Uno. Uh, okay. How do you say hi? Hola. Hola. Oh, si. Hola, señorita. Hola. There we go. We're sort of getting somewhere. Okay, why Spanish out of all things? Um, I've just always wanted to travel to mm-hmm. Spain and a lot of South America, so thought that was one way to go. Also very unsure of what I wanted to do. Sounds yeah. like So you're leaving your cool. options open. Yeah. Like <laughs> maybe someday I may land up in Spain. Yeah. So let's just equip ourselves. Okay. Um but then that's when I started modeling and got to know the industry. I was like, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, then I was, I decided I would really like to be a part of it. So yeah. I applied to UJ to study fashion design and that's what I did the next year. How did you get into modeling first and foremost? Um, I spoke to my friend Maps, you know, everyone knows Maps. Maps, Maponyane. Maponyane, yes. yes. Um, and he was with an agency and he was like, go speak to them. So I did. And then they sent me to castings for fashion week. Mm-hmm. And then I did fashion week and from there, a bigger agency yeah. <laughs> approached me and asked me to move to them. So now I'm with Boss Models. Awesome. Yeah. How how was that daunting? What, was that even daunting though? Because I, I would assume, you know, I always try to put the modeling industry as not the easiest industry out there. You know, Thank if you, you are, it really isn't. It really isn't. If you are in any other profession, so to speak, if you're a teacher or a lawyer, you know, conventional things. Yeah. You know that if you're critiqued, you can go back to your degree or you can say, no, nah, I need to study some more. And you better yourself like that. But when you walk into a casting, I think you need to be as tough as nails to do something you like do, that. You do. And they really do tear people apart. <laughs> yeah. Every to now put and it then. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's been good so far. I mainly just do runway. So. And it's worked out. So. Yeah. So did you find yourself like having maps on speed dial? Like maps things aren't going the way I planned. 
no, not really. Yeah. I think I saw <laughs> him. I saw him at a lot of shows though, and you know, there's always like I remember one of my first shows. I was opening, and it was like a whole. A Sex in the City vibe show, okay. and I had like big coat, long dress, big sunglasses, and I oh, was wow. opening, and there were stairs onto the ramp, and I, I opened the show and like stumbled down the stairs, oh. almost fell, and saw Maps in like the first row, and then after the show, I was like, "Did you see?" <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, it's okay." You handled it okay. Okay, so, so at least you get comforting <laughs> words. Really yeah. have comforting <laughs> words. But for, you know, almost the vultures of the industry, how were they? You know, when you get the casting directors who don't even give you two looks and they're like, no, we don't like you. How do you take that? You just have to. I mean, I guess I do have a bit of a thick skin. Mm -hmm. And I've never taken it that seriously. I've never been like, I'm going to be a world-famous supermodel, you know. Yeah. It's always been something I've done for fun. Hey, but something. BuzzFeed says you're Giselle Bündchen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've always just taken it. Yeah. It's okay. Also, older siblings been putting me down for years. <laughs> so <laughs> the real world it. is nothing. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> so where did we get... How did we get from Sex in the City vibes, modeling on the runway to now going, I actually think I'll design my own clothes. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, well, I've, I've, I always tried, I guess, to mm -hmm. make stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't succeed. <laughs> <laughs> And like, what are we talking about? Like, did we used to, like, cut our own jeans and, like... Yeah, we tried. <laughs> uh -huh, we tried. But, yeah, it's always nice to have a, a picture in your head and then being able to actually make it happen yeah. is amazing. Because, like, even when I was drawing, I'd always know what I wanted it to look like mm -hmm. um, and couldn't always make actually, it how I, I wanted it to look. But this is much easier and I can literally make whatever I want. It's, yeah. it's really liberating, I guess. So do you still remember your very first creation? Uh... Or, or, or she, okay, that means she chooses not to remember. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> what was it though? Uh, I don't know. I like used to, when I was really small, okay, okay yeah. I used to like make uh, stuff for my dolls and like toys. Yeah. Uh, but that was like hand stitching and like just improvising 100%. Because I know like, <laughs> Uh, the designer, Gertjehan Kutsia, yeah. he said, like, he started off making, like, little clothing for his pencils. So, I mean, if okay. you're sitting in grade two, <laughs> trying to decide what your pencil is going to wear, not like the multiplications table, I think it's predestined for you to become a designer. But wasn't that also quite a challenge? To go from as much as I love clothing and as much as I can admire a beautiful piece of clothing to now trying having a vision and trying to put that on paper and being in the process of actually making that. It is. And it is a process. It's a, it's a process that people don't really think about. Mm -hmm. Um, everyone sort of thinks, oh, you do some nice pictures exactly. and then you just make a dress. Like people are like, oh, what are you going to wear? Oh, you can just whip up a dress for tonight. So <laughs> I'm like, not really, you know, got to make a pattern, everything. So what is the process? Let's break down designing. So <laughs> there you are, because I probably just picture it like Instagram. You're sitting in a fancy coffee shop. You're drinking a chai, not even like tea or cappuccino. You're drinking like chai you? tea. This is how it works in my head. Okay, Cleo, don't judge me. <laughs> 
<laughs> sitting in the corner because somehow you're content being alone as well. You always walk around with a notebook. You start sketching and then. Jeez. Okay. Well, you have to be inspired, I guess. Yeah. So I, if maybe you see something or you've just always wanted to make something, mm-hmm. you do start drawing, but. You also have to think about how it's going to work because you have to think, is there going to be a zip? You have to get into it somehow. Yeah. It has to fit your body somehow. You so there's practical. A, yeah. There's a lot of practical thinking that goes into it. So then you have to sort of do more technical drawings. Okay. And then from then on, we go to making a pattern. So you draft it all up on big brown paper. So that's like the 2D version, I guess. And that's from, from that pattern, you cut out your fabric. Yeah. And then... So <laughs> I love how she makes it so simple. Now I think, cool, I'll be done with the show at 10. I'll be able to design my own things. But where would you say you draw your inspiration from? Uh, everything, I guess. Well, I'm not, I'm not the most trendy of people. I'm, okay. I'm not really one to follow the trends, but I am very classic and very simple. Mm-hmm. I love classic silhouettes. I like, I love drawing from the past. And just keeping things simple but different. Yeah. So nothing glitzy, nothing too complicated. That's that's my my sort of style. So if you had to go back to a decade or an era in history, where would you go back to? Ooh. Um, this is sort of going against what I said, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, the twenties, like flapper dresses. That's wow. I, I I love that. All I know is the shift dress came into the thirties. Yeah. Yeah, that's all I know. <laughs> I just wanted to throw that into somehow make me sound smart. Because I think I learned that oddly enough in like history lesson with the Great Depression. So that's all I know <laughs> in terms of fashion. So how do you incorporate those sort of inspiration, that sort of inspiration into your designs today? That well, everything I do sticks to what I was saying. Um things also that just make the body look good, you know? Yeah. Keeping classic, things into the into the waist. Making the legs look long. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but I do keep everything simple. Yeah. Um, simple and clean. Nothing glitzy over the top. That's not my. Clear. What does style mean to you? Style. Um, I guess something that you're comfortable with. Uh huh. Everyone has their own personal style, but I think you can only really carry it off if you're comfortable doing it. So. Yeah. Do you find that like even with your own style inspiration and your ideas that you sometimes look at your friends and are you very Simon Cowell-ish with them? Like, <laughs> listen, if you tie that hair back and maybe if you lift it like that and you tuck that in, do you find yourself like giving out advice with mm. your friends as well? No, no, <laughs> not really. Like I'm, I used to, I guess in like high school, we were all super judgy, but yeah. um, not anymore. I'm not very judgmental, I wouldn't say. And, yeah, I, I mean, if my friend looks really bad, I might be like, girl. Yeah. Girl, you gotta get yourself together. That's but slightly different. That's, yeah. That, that's not the case ever. So. Yeah. So let's talk about this, uh, Nedbank football fan fashion competition. Like, hello, can we make the term a little easier? Because I just kind of stumbled. And I was like, I'm at the football fan fashion finale competition. So, okay. Let's move past that. You were finalist in that. Oh, great. There, another F word in it. You were finalist in that competition. <laughs> Let's explain that whole process. How did that work? Um, okay, well, they first narrowed it down from our class at Varsity. So they okay. chose um, 
they chose, I don't know how many of us. Like, Did you have to like submit a portfolio of your work? Um, we had to present something that we've made and, um, a mood board of what we would do if we were designing for Ooh, the competition. See, these are the <laughs> fancy things. Like, I feel like I need a mood board in my room. <laughs> or like a trend board. Are those like, ins- like little, that's um, when you see like the little cuttings of inspirations yeah, of pictures. Okay. That sort of thing. So we had to present our ideas basically just to a varsity panel. Okay. And then from that, they chose, I think, six, 15 of us. Mm-hmm. I actually don't know. And then, those ones of us who were chosen had to present to all the designers, the established designers that we were presenting to. Yeah. And David Tlale was one of the judges. Oh, and wow. Yeah. Yeah, because there were 16, <laughs> there were 16 designers. Um, so the likes of like, uh, Craig Jacobs and David Tlale yeah. and Malkin Honey and Gavin Raja. Yeah. I mean, that is quite a panel and a half to stand it in was. front of with your mood board <laughs> and be like, hi. Yeah. We, I like the twenties. <laughs> <laughs> well, we first, it was, there was like a private judging where they decided and that was just to a panel of judges. But then we had to present again mm-hmm. to, all the other designers and like the whole of UJ. Yeah. Um, and then they, they told us who was selected. Eight of us were selected and paired with. And so when you designers. heard one of your, na- your name being in one of those, one of those groups, how did that feel? Um, well, I was quite surprised because I got torn to pieces by David. Wow. Yeah. But it's constructive. It was constructive yeah. until it got to the point where I was like a little child, like <laughs> just not knowing what to say. He was like literally shouting at me and I was just like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know what you want me to say. Same. Um, so I was surprised, but then yeah, I was super happy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was, it was really exciting. So you were eventually paired up with Anya Sompungwe from Loincloth and, and Ashes. And so the whole brief is to create a, a few items. I don't even know if you call it a collection, but items uh, to represent the football fan and the supporter. So it's somehow incorporating a football club. Which football club did you have? Um, we were working with Bidvest Wits. Okay, so that is green and white, right? Uh, blue and white. I see. I was nearly there. <laughs> you see, I was nearly there with my football. I thought I'd sound very cool by knowing what's in. So you incorporate those colors in the football theme overall. How was that yeah. for you? Um, it was awesome. Like we had to, we each had to make our own sort of look. Yeah. Um, and then we did a collaborative piece, which was for a super fan. So yeah. Budvest Vitz has a whole lot of fans, but they are those extreme ones who go like Makraba. Oh yeah. The ones who cry <laughs> if their teams lose. Yeah. Those I all, ones. <laughs> I always have a soft spot that's like, oh, sports is such a macho thing. <laughs> then your team loses and then they cry. I'm like, oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So we had a super fan. His name was Paul, and he is at every match. He's wow. super, super dedicated to the team. Um, so we, me and Anissa collaborated and made a super fan outfit for him. And then she also made her own couture outfit. Awesome. Um, yeah. And so we had to collaborate. Um, we had to incorporate the colors of the team. Yeah. And also give it like a sporty vibe, I guess. Yeah. But the biggest thing was, the collaborative piece. Yeah. Um, and because it was like a teamwork thing, but also it's for these super fans who 
they were so excited to be involved. Oh, it yes. was like a dream come true. And just making this one guy, when he saw what we made for him, he was just like overjoyed, which was yeah, the biggest reward. Because I, I have to say, from actually being at the event as well, with all due respect to the models who actually modeled yeah. in the show as well, I think the super fans took over. Because yeah, their totally. excitement, <laughs> their charisma, they walked that. It was like Naomi Campbell, who's that? Because there was... Superfan Paul walking down yeah. the runway. But what did you have to say has been like the biggest lesson you learned from this entire competition? Um, well, working with Anissa was amazing. She's an amazing designer and she, she really took me under her wing. Yeah. And we, because we were spending so much time together, we got really close. I and yeah. Yeah. So we, we ended up just chatting and she, she wasn't really one of those, designers who who was just like do this do this do this you know she'd yeah. show me how and she was like if you're having trouble call me and so that was really amazing um but it's also seeing the difference between who you can be being a designer like her she's super successful mm-hmm. runs a shop has her own label she also has all these other personal clients she does fashion shows all the time yeah like she's really someone to aspire to yeah um, compared to some of the other designers who are very well established, but are also very arrogant mm-hmm. and they're sort of not willing to teach you rather just making you do things for them. Yeah. So I think I was very, very lucky getting to be paired with her, but also it was very inspirational to see what I could become. Yeah. And I think working with her was, was just the best <laughs> that's awesome yeah so let's speak things into existence after being in a process like this learning so much where do we see cleo in like five years Ooh. you're 23 now i am yeah. <laughs> um well i've always wanted to really travel the world mm-hmm. and that's definitely on my list i'm definitely taking like at least a year <laughs> to just explore it's and well deserved, go though. backpacking, rough it. So does this also mean that I'll see you in France at a coffee shop, drinking some chai? Yeah. There, <laughs> that's a, That's my simple Possibly. vision, guys. There we go. I may be staying in like a grungy backpackers up the road. Though. Oh, okay. <laughs> just don't ruin my, my mood. Cindy on WeChat says, see, I knew we were destined to be BFFs. I love chai. You see, we're starting like a little chai click. That's how okay. it's going to be. Cleo, thank you so much for stopping by this morning. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. I think there's only good things that are about to come for you in the future. So like only the best, hey? Thank you very much. Awesome, awesome stuff. This is Untapped Talent right here on cliffcentral.com Untapped Talent on cliffcentral.com Get a taste of the Republic of Extra Cold at the Embassy event on the 27th of June at Nasrick, Johannesburg. This epic event will raise the flag for extraordinary experiences with Boys and Bucks, Casper Vest, and many more. With only 4,000 tickets on offer, get yours now for only 200 rand at CompuTicket or visit castlelight.co.za for more information on the coolest event this winter. Unlock Extra Cold Refreshment. Enjoy responsibly. Not for sale to persons under the age of 18. I'm telling you, if you did not know it was the weekend, it just takes a simple song like that to get you into the spirit. Everyone else in the room outside is already dancing to it. It's Nandingoma with In My Skin. Unreal.
We're continuing the conversation here with young up-and-coming fashion designers. I'm now chatting to Zane Demelon. 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 You see French? Yes. And uh, we were just trying out our French and we're pitiful, so I'm glad we did it off air. <laughs> it may have a French surname, but we are not going to That's speak French. That's where it ends, unfortunately. Yeah. Demelon. Yes. We. Oui. So de means from. Yes. And Mayo is actually a town in yes. France. There we go. So that's as much as we know. I think we make a good pair. That's, sure. <laughs> that was good. Okay, so young fashion designer, but I think um, it's only appropriate. Let's start this off the right way by doing a quiz again. I think I'm in a little quiz <laughs> mood today. Okay. So this is, uh, we see their names all over magazines, but figuring out which hot couture designer is the hottest can be confusing sometimes. So let's find out which fashion genius is most like Zane. Are we ready? Sure. Okay, so if you had to design an item for home, Egg class. Uh, you try your hand at a timeless tea, a cardigan with a bit of flair, or shoes that click fierce. So shoes, shoes. Okay, that click fierce. That's very. Yes. Who's the uh Wizard of Oz? Who clicks her heels? Dorothy. That's the one. Yes. Was that a good reference? Yes. It was absolutely. a good reference. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was going to go with Jimbo Jangles. He was a tap dancer. All right. Let's. Let's. Just, yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> Your favorite jean jacket gets a rip. So what do you do? Do you patch it, then cover the patch with an elegant pin? Do you keep it funky and wear it ripped? Or do you fix the glitch with a stitch? Wear it funky and let it rip. Mm, okay, okay. Uh, during your free fashion time, of course, you're most likely to be organizing your closet, imagining tomorrow's outfit, or redefine, redefining your own style. Uh, redefining your own style. Hmm. Okay. Your fashion fantasies includes fabrics, accessories, and colors, uh, styling your favorite celebrity, or seeing your wor- work on the runway. Seeing your work on a runway. Hmm. Uh, given the opportunity, you'd most like to dress Madonna, Charlize Theron, or Thron, or Sienna Miller. Madonna. Is it one of those? She's weird though. But That's exactly, why. I still have a soft spot, soft spot for Madonna. You we do can't go wrong. With her. And then lastly, what inspires you the most? A painting you saw in a gallery, a day in the park, or the sheer beauty of a flower? A flower. Oh, you see, I, I knew it. You're one of those peaceful, <laughs> gentle, uh, souls. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. So you are most like John Galliano. Wasn't John Galliano fired for making racist comments? Yes, he was. So let's take away the racist comments and just focus on his artistry. Yes. Uh, you're all about expressing cool urban style with a funky classic idea of design. You're a fashion genius and who's, he's a fashion genius and who's to say you can't be next. Want to take your passion for fashion a step further? I'll be inspired by everything from a ridge in a sidewalk to the structure of a beautiful flower. Become one with all of your forms of art and be sure to study the past for your future inspirations. Does that sound like you, Zane? Sure. You see, every day. I love these quizzes. <laughs> I think we're going to start instilling quizzes in every single show, and we're going to do that. Right, so producers so in the accurate. back. <laughs> the producers in the back are now nodding. We're going to do that. So, Zane, where do we even begin to start chatting to you, John Galliano? Have you always been a creative person? Yes, but not necessarily fashion. Uh-huh. Just sort of general. I mean, I can't draw to save my life. But, really? Um, yes, bad, very bad. So, how do we get our vision onto? The racks. I don't know. Do you really. get others, other people to sketch for you? 
No, well, I can, I can sketch it, but then there are a lot of hand gestures and sounds that go with it okay. to get the point across. <laughs> um, yeah, no, sketching is not my strong point, which is a bit of a problem in this industry, but you know, yeah. practice, yeah. practice needs to happen a lot. So that's what we do. I'm a lot better than I used to be. Okay. I nearly didn't get into varsity because my drawing was so bad, but we've come a long way. Because you see, you have a very, very interesting history. You started <laughs> off after school, you studied law. Yeah. What what got you into law, by the way? Was it just like, uh, let's have something to fall back on? Well, um, I did a lot of debating at school, and I thought, well, this was fun, and I like talking, and when yeah. you do debating, people have to listen to you, Yeah, and it was okay. very dramatic, and I thought, well, Ali McBeal looks awesome, yes. so let me do that. Let's, yeah. And I liked the clothes they wear in court. You know, I wanted one of those funky robes, and obviously that should have been a sign that I was more fascinated by the clothes. than Somehow, the to me, that is a proper justification, <laughs> and that is enough. I get you, Ali McBeal. And then you also went off to to China after getting law done and dusted. Yeah, yeah. Went okay. to China for, for a little bit. But only for two months, just to sort of like live there and see what it's like. You see, come on, couldn't you have pointed out from a mile away that you were totally creative and you could not have been stuck in a courtroom somewhere? I, I've realized that, I think, within the first three months of studying law. Yeah. I went to, we had a court visit and we went to like a magistrate's court and we sat there and it was incredibly boring and I think I fell asleep and then I <laughs> left and I was like... This is probably not such a great idea, but we started, so we'll finish. Yeah. So I finished. Yeah. At least, you know, you, you complete a challenge right yes. till the end. So kudos on you. Gold Thank star you. for that. Thank you. And then when did you finally decide to take that plunge and go, I'm full on creative and I'm going to give this a try? Um, so after law, I was trying, I was pursuing an, an acting career, which was another bad idea. Okay. Um, we learn from all of these things. <laughs> yes, we do. Trial and error, really. Exactly. Did we see ourselves like Oscar wise? Did, did we need to get an Oscar or were we fine with like being an like of Dalan maybe? No, I really wanted an Oscar, but more to wear the awesome dress down the runway, oh, down the cat, the red carpet. So really, you see, Once again, the, the signs fashion. were yeah. there. <laughs> I was just too stupid to notice. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I was so like, while you're sitting at home by the phone, waiting for your agent to call you and say you got the job, I was very broke. So I just started sewing anything that anyone wanted me to sew, whatever, pillowcases, jeans, whatever. Did you get into sewing for the very first time in your early 20s? Or was it something you sort of knew how to do from a young age? No, I literally, I said it was my final year at varsity. I was broke and my book bag broke and I didn't have money to buy a new one. So uh -huh. I bought a meter of curtaining for 45 rand and I made a bag. And then my friend liked it. So I made a bag for her and I sold it to her. And I'm like, okay, well, this is a, an interesting way to make some cash. And yeah. so that's what I did. I started sewing random things for people and selling it. I already just had a revelation. You need to write a book. It will be an autobiography <laughs> and it starts of how 45 meters of fabric changed my life. You can thank me later. I can get royalties like 15% okay. on that. It's one of those. So what were the first sort of hiccups that you faced along the way with starting off designing? Because, you know, unlike other designers, you didn't start off interning. You didn't start off with, you know, someone who's guiding you along the way. You literally had the world at your fingertips. 
Um, I was very naive. Mm-hmm. Um, like I didn't know you could. I was I was so stupid actually. I think I'm like poster child for 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 a doff twenty three year old. Not at all. I didn't even know you could study fashion. It never occurred to me. Like as a child, I would draw little pictures, and my mom would sew the outfits for me. Uh-huh. So in that aspect, it was there. And I still have a folder with all these like drawings. And only when I decided, okay, now I'm going to study fashion, that I find this booklet and go, oh, but the slides <laughs> were there. So I think. Um, I really had no idea what I was doing. I was mm-hmm. making it up as I went along. Mm-hmm. And I think in, in retrospect, um, I should have done my homework better and gone, okay, well, yes, it's a good idea to go study so you can actually learn the techniques properly yeah. and learn how the industry works. Uh-huh. Um, then you can just really get started better instead of like fumbling at home. Cause ultimately, you know, you need to take yourself seriously. Yeah. And that's, that's when I was like, okay, no, I'm going to go study and really learn the industry, get the right skills, and then pursue the career properly. Yeah. And just sort of like fiddling around at home and going nowhere So things sort of with studying worked in the reverse for you because other people are usually, um, you know, they say as much as as studying is good for you, but I'm still, you know, it doesn't give you that practical experience. So you got the practical experience. You needed to now be, in a sense, book smart. Yes, that's yeah. exactly it, exactly it. Yeah. Because I didn't really know what I was doing. People would be like, oh, well, don't you want to make me a dress? I'm like, shut <laughs> <laughs> And I'd like, and, and I'd like make them a dress. And, you know, I never charged them very much money because I was like, well, if it's bad, it's bad. You didn't pay much money for it. You're going to, you know, shut up and smile. Yeah, basically. you aren't going to complain to me. Yeah, so now I can charge money because I really know what I'm doing. Exactly. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> so how would you say, how would you rate your designing now? Let's give you a good reference, you know. Um, how do you mean reference? Like, yeah, people m- must listen and they must know that Zane means business. She's like, how do you, how do you describe your style now? Uh, sophisticated, mm-hmm. but different. And, you know, trying to break boundaries, really doing something different, maybe a little weird, perhaps a little quirky. Yeah. But high quality stuff. Yeah. And I, I, I worked, I, I worked for a couturier, Biji. Um, of BJ La Maison de Couture. Ooh, and come on, you have to say that one more time. BJ La Maison de Couture. BJ La Maison de Couture. Let's move on. <laughs> I tried to sound classy and it failed epically. <laughs> and, and working there, um, you sort of, you learn a lot about fabrics and lace and whatever. And I've become a bit of a snob as far as fabric goes and it's, and it's all their fault. Because you suddenly develop this taste for lace and yeah. silk and whatever. And I have this thing. Like someone will walk in or I'll see someone and, and they'll walk past me. And if the fabric makes too much noise, I'm like, okay, no. Can't do it. Yeah, we it's, can't, it's, it's, we it's, can't it's do cheap, cheap chiffon. No, yeah. no, no. If the, if the fabric makes too much noise, it's it's no go. Oh, wow. Note to sell. <laughs> if the fabric... Okay, we'll, we'll know Noisy that now. Noisy fabric is not good. Oh, okay. Hold up. Okay, so now... Do South Africans have a style? Can we encapsulate South Africans with a certain style? Do we, how are we when it comes to dressing? So I think dressing up and showing who you are through your clothes is such an integral part of who South Africans are. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you look at, for example, when people have um, Proudly South African Day, then everyone goes in their like traditional clothing. Yeah. And, and people are proud to wear whatever, you know, traditional 
garments they have or yeah. their book. It's such a big part of our culture, really. I don't think we can, we can put a, a general term on, say, all South Africans dress this way because mm-hmm. the culture is so diverse. But I think they're all very proud to dress up and express themselves in their clothing. So how does that work in a business sense where, you know, we can't just bring a, I love how all the examples I was, th- I was thinking of actually are in South Africa. But, <laughs> but let's just take a Prada, for example. Yeah. You know, Prada can't, can't just come and plant itself in South Africa and it will just work for the masses. First of all, we can't necessarily, the most of us can't necessarily afford it. But secondly, we're more into expressing ourselves rather than following trends. Is that it? Um, you know, I think it depends. There's okay. so many, within each little subculture, um, in this country, like if you've got the hipsters and you've got the people that are very like in this whole like organic tie-down Nepal clothing. Vibe. I need to know where my clothing comes from. Yes. Yeah. Of course you get your very like metrosexual people yeah. who, you know, Melrose archetypes. And within those little groups, they are trends and people keep up. And as much as people are like, Oh, you know, I don't care. I don't follow trends. Yeah. You're lying to yourself, my friend. In your little group, there are trends and you're all following it. Even if you're like goth and you wear black and black eyeliner, amongst you and your little your goth mates, there are trends evolving and we are following them. Because today, Doc Martens are in and tomorrow they are not in amongst the, the goth people. Yeah. So there are trends everywhere. If you think you do not follow a trend, it's subliminal messaging. You are following it whether you know it or not. So how or how or what is Zane's niche market? Who are you focused on? Um, at this stage, I'm not really sure. Ah. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to end up. I'm just sort of riding the wave at this stage. Um, but my final my range this year for for my studies, I'm focusing on menswear. Mm-hmm. So because I've had this this thing about men's jeans, I yeah. feel like men's jeans do not look good on men. I feel like they don't. Well, from a woman's perspective. Okay. I always notice a man's bum before I notice his face. Which okay. I know it's, not, it's very sexist and <laughs> stuff. But I think if women are honest, I'm sh- you know, men have the same thing about women really if we, we're going to analyze it that way. So <laughs> Let us get deep, Zane. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, analyze the psychology behind the butt. Uh-huh. Exactly. And so I want men to wear jeans that women want to see them in, if that makes sense. Okay, let's analyze. I'm wearing jeans today. What do you think of these? Let's see. These are my basic go-to jeans all okay. the time. Okay, so there's good. Do you need to see my behind? I do as well. need to see your okay. behind because also there's no. Point. I'm pulling a nice Kim Kardashian as well, just like strutting. Okay, yes, very, very nice, like shaped around the bum, which is nice. Ah. I don't like it when the crotch is like down there and like the pockets are all the way down the thighs. Yeah, it makes no sense to me because it just makes your bum look long and droopy. Who wants that? I also have the same. You see, we are now dissecting the psychology of a butt. I have the same <laughs> thing with girls when they wear what's it called high waisted yes, pants. Yes, why? It makes it. Look like your behind is like a meter, like long. Yes, it looks like it looks like someone. And this is a hand gesture, so I don't know. Anyway, we'll I don't try know to how be to eloquent. Work on yeah. <laughs> so to me, it looks like you know, like if you spit on your hands and you put them against the wall and you just pull, you go. Bleh. Yeah, you just That's drag it down. That's what the bum looks like. Yes. Why would uh, you do that to yourself, Zane? Just why do we not have more wisdom from you? We I, know, <laughs> I should have. I should have my own show where I can share these things. Exactly. <laughs> With hand gestures and you With try to gestures. translate it over the over See? radio. It's one of those. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I just love your quirky personality and your style and I hope you don't lose that. Like, how do you find, 
keeping true to yourself and what you believe in and how you want to express yourself versus the conditioning of the industry in some cases? Um, to a large degree, you need to shut yourself off from what other people are doing mm-hmm. because the industry, um, like Leo was saying, there's a lot of pressure and people criticize you constantly, constantly. Mm-hmm. And so you need to be able to separate yourself from this is me mm-hmm. and this is my work. And if people think my work is rubbish, that's okay. I'm still a, I'm still a cool person. Okay. I mean, I like myself. Then not liking my work doesn't mean that I'm rubbish. So you need that distance. But at the same time, you need to go, okay, I'm not going to be focused on what other people are doing and how well they're doing and their trends and their whatever. I just need to focus on me and my work so that I can be an original and be my true self. Yeah. Did you find that you also had this mentality as you went into the, let's get the name right, football fan fashion competition? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It was It was all about... You know, as I, just ride the wave, man. Life yeah. is so exciting. Just run with it. Because you were pay, paid up with Hangwani from Rubicon Clothing, right? Yes. So how was that experience? That was so cool. Yeah. So cool. She's such a lady. She really is such a lady. And I'm like a train wreck most of the time. So, <laughs> so it was so, it was so nice. And it was, um, so like I'm 28. So at varsity, I'm a lot older than, than, than my, my peers. So yeah. I end up mothering everyone yeah. all the time. And with Hangwani, she was, she was mothering me and really had this very nurturing aspect when we worked together and mm-hmm. really wanted me to grow from the experience and learn. And she was just so open to sharing her knowledge with me. And, and it was so nice. Yeah. It was so nice to be mothered by such a, like a wonderful mentor. It was just a fabulous experience. What do you think is the importance? And I'm not just speaking specifically about this competition anymore, but the importance of mentoring and being under someone's wing and learning from them. Um, oh, you know, you, you really, when you get mentored by someone in the industry, you mm-hmm. learn so much. You learn more from that hands-on experience than you could have ever learned at Varsity. Okay, yeah. Varsity is important, guys. Go study. Yes. <laughs> it's very important. But. Um, but that hands-on experience, um, is so important. They like teach you shortcuts instead of going, okay, this is how they teach you at Varsity to do X, Y, Z, and this is the proper way. But yeah. I'm going to show you the fast way or the more economical way or whatever. It's so important. Yeah. But listen, I also have to say a huge, huge congratulations. You're one of two students who've been selected to represent uh, the University of Johannesburg at the Cumulus? Cumulus. There we go, because I knew I wasn't class enough to. <laughs> Cumulus Fashion Conference in Shanghai in October this year. How are we feeling about that? Um, a little stressed out. Yeah, because how, how many items do we have to design? Is it a whole collection? No, no, we have to make two items. So we have to pick a concept and we have to research it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the concept we've chosen is, um, plastic pollution in the ocean. Okay. Because the whole cumulus organization is all about, um, design for ch- positive change in the world. Yeah. Um, so then we have to design a, um, avant-garde couture garment Ooh. along that theme and we need to design a ready-to-wear garment. Yeah. Um, yeah, so all of that has to happen. And then when we go over to the conference for a week with all the other participants, we make another garment. Yeah. And then there's a big fashion show and I think you can, oh, 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 the, I think the proceeds then get donated to a charity. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So. Where, where can we see Zane in the next five years? Things are just going to. I hope, I hope I have lots of money by that <laughs> time. 
Because, you know. I was, in the, I was thinking we're going to end off in a philosophical <laughs> note. Like, I'm just going to follow my heart or, you know, passion is always right. Yeah, we also want a lot of money. Passion is fantastic, but you still need to pay the rent, eh? Exactly. Passion doesn't pay the rent. Okay. So, so, so you know, passion is important as, you know, your soul does, but money is so important too, you know. You want to send your kids to a good school and pay the rent and, you know, eat and that sort of thing. So, yeah. so, and I'm tired of being a poverty stricken student, you know. Let's, let's, let's get this train going. Well, Miss Cumulus, things are about to change, <laughs> clearly. So whether it's Shanghai or whether we see you in Madrid or New York, I wish nothing but the best for you. And thank you very much. Thank you so much for stopping by this morning. Thanks so much for Where having can me. people get more information? Is it something that we want a lot of people to know? Do we want to encourage people? Where can people get more information about you? And what if someone wants a Zane creation? Um, you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter. My Twitter handle and Instagram is Zane de Mailon. Well, de Mayon, but you can spell it phonetically, de yes. Mayon. D-E-M-E-I-L-L-O-N. That's right. Exactly. Or you're very su- easy to find. And we're super classy because we're, we're, we're slightly French. Slightly. Slightly. Little, little <laughs> bit. A little sprinkle. Zanay, thank you so much for stopping by and also to my previous guest, Chloe. You guys in, you opened up my eyes about this whole fashion thing. But most importantly, thank you so much for listening. And every single week, right here on cliffcentral.com, 9 to 10 a.m. Otherwise available whenever you want to listen on on cliffcentral.com. You can download the podcast then. But until we do it again next week, right? Same time, same place, right here on Cliff Central. My name is Sia, and I'll see ya. Cliffcentral.com.